everyone to another episode of Space Flicks, the podcast where we review a movie and decide if it's worth the cost of beaming to an astronaut in space. Which is roughly equivalent of the cost of a black opal inside of a stone. No, it's much more expensive than that. That's true. Space bandwidth, (laughs) you need like 10 black opals. Well, it depends on on what the opal goes for at auction, I suppose. Mm. Uh, Anyway, today we're talking Uncut Gems. Starring Adam Sandler, mm-hmm. um, directed by the Safdie brothers. Mm-hmm. Is that the correct pronunciation? Yes. Well, okay. Probably. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so let's get right into it. I uh, have not seen anything by the Safdie brothers uh, other than this. Yes. So I hadn't seen anything prior. Mm-hmm. I heard. I think a while ago. I think when this movie was first announced, um, I saw a headline or something about right. you know. Safety Brothers directing a movie starring Adam Sandler, and I might have seen, I don't know, maybe something on social media or something leading me to believe, oh, this is very exciting to some people. The Safety Brothers are apparently very good. Um, sure, yeah. They're, they, ha- there's a, they, have, they seem to be an up-and-coming uh, directorial duo, uh, and so I had reason to believe, okay, this is something to be excited about. Um, and then, of course, we saw the trailer. Mm-hmm. I feel like we saw the trailer for this movie before several movies we saw recently, and and it it starts with very recognizable music. Like once you've seen the trailer once, you can yeah. sort of recognize it the next time it comes on. Right, sure. And it was the sort of thing where we would look at each other and we'd be like, "This is going to be good. <laughs> right. Right? This is the one. Yeah, yeah. Right. This is this is very promising." So I didn't know anything. Like all I knew was they had a good reputation based on their past movies. Uh, good yeah. time was the main one I was aware of. Yep. Um, and so I expected it to be really good, but also the trailer, I, I, it was not very clear to me from the trailer what the movie was about exactly. Okay, um, yeah. I was like, okay, Adam Sandler is some sort of guy who makes bets yeah. and he's going to get in some trouble or something. Right. Yeah. But I think even the trailer was like chaotic enough yeah. that I couldn't have even told you what the premise of the movie was exactly. Right. Um, and so, which is nice in a way, because I really didn't know what to expect other than, you know, I got a sense of the tone of the movie from the trailer. Right. Um, and I, which and I feel I, like the trailer does a good job oh, of conveying yeah. the tone. Yeah, for right. sure. Um, and so I was kind of like, not sure what to expect, but just excited for the ride. Um, what about you? So um, the first, I don't think I read anything about it. I don't think I knew that the movie existed until I saw a trailer. Oh, okay. Right. Um, I don't, I, I can't recall, but I, I don't remember having read much about it. I don't know the Softy brothers, right. Or the Safty brothers. Um, and so, uh, this trailer comes on, the music's compelling. It's Sandler. I like serious Sandler for the most part. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, and then it's just, um, things appear to get out of hand yeah, and that's what I want. We can remember from our hustlers podcast that that's precisely what I wanted. Right. Right. I just want things to get out of hand to get out of hand in a way that only in a way that you're only comfortable, uh, witnessing in the form of a movie. Right. Yes. It's like, this is where movie, (laughs) I don't want to deal with this in real life. No, I would not be okay. I want to create order in my normal life. Right. right? But this is the safe place for things to get crazy. Right. Yep. Um, Okay, anything else you want to say about expectations? Well, because this movie looked so, so I was like, this is must-see. We're going to see this mm-hmm. as soon as it comes For out. Sure, yeah. I went and watched Good Time right, to try to give myself a sense of 
the tone that I was walking into. Mm-hmm. And Good Time was actually much more enjoyable than I expected it to be. You were expecting it to be one of those difficult to watch kind of movies. Yeah, I expected it to be like this is gonna like some really rough stuff is gonna happen. It's gonna be sort of the type of movie where I'm gonna be tempted to avert my eyes, or I'm gonna just be squ- like just right. squirming the entire right. time. And I didn't feel that way. Although some some really rough stuff happens in Good Time, uh, it is not the sort of movie where I felt like I was just made to be feeling uncomfortable. I felt like I was also being like taken care of and it was like compelling and interesting and Mm -hmm. entertaining. And so I was like, yeah, let's just keep going. And so, um, so that was, I walked into gems with, with those sort of two sets of expectations. Did it, would it be safe to say it kind of put your mind at ease a little bit? A little bit actually. Uh Um, cause you know, you don't know what sort of horrible things a movie might ask you to sort of, just sit there and right, watch. Right, right. Like if you walk into like a Lars von Trier movie. Yes. You're like, okay, he's gonna torture me a little bit. Right. By torching, by torturing characters that I care about. Right. Um, but this wasn't. I did not. Fe- I did not like anticipate that. the Safdie brothers doing that. Right. Okay. I um. Now, granted, like every movie is its own thing, and maybe that'll be the thing they do yeah. next. But um, just based on. Sandler's involvement. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I was just yeah. sort of like, you know, I just don't feel like he would sign up to do something that was just totally a brutal. That was unpleasant to watch. Yeah. 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 I would agree with that. Um, I realized we neglected to, uh, or I neglected to tee you up for reading the synopsis. Okay. So yeah, you want to do that before so, we get into, so we had uh, some expectations about this fun, crazy escalating <laughs> thrill ride, but right. the way that the movie is described is a charismatic New York city jeweler, always on the lookout for the next big score makes a series of high stakes bets that could lead to the windfall of a lifetime. Howard must perform a precarious high wire act, balancing business, family and encroaching adversaries on his, on all sides in his relentless pursuit of the ultimate win. It's a pretty okay. long synopsis. That's like almost as chaotic and and yeah. and uh, meandering as the trailer. That's what I was sort of laughing at is yeah. like to describe <clears throat> this movie succinctly is a pretty difficult thing. Yeah, no, it's kind of per- like I-, I think in hindsight, maybe if I were to watch the trailer again, sometimes I do this where I see the trailer after seeing the movie and I'm like, oh, the trailer did explain what is in the movie. Right. I just didn't pick up on it when I saw the trailer. Um, but so like, for example, going into this movie and I'm not really spoiling anything because it's a very early plot point. Mm -hmm. The movie centers around this black opal. Yes. And like, I didn't even know that going in Sure, that, that a lot of the, much of the story revolves around his sort of big bet involving this opal that he's acquired. Yep. Um, and I bring that up because it's just interesting that the synopsis also doesn't mention the opal. Right. So... It does make me think that there was some um, there was some deliberateness around obfuscating or, or like sort of de-emphasizing the plot right. and, and focusing on tone yeah. and the feel that you're going to get watching this movie. Right, right. Um, that's his obsession, but that's not the yeah. movie's obsession. Yeah, because right. I know, it, which makes sense in a way, because if you sort of sell a movie as like, it's the story about a guy who gets a precious stone right. and is trying to get a lot of money out of it, it maybe just doesn't sound that interesting, right. at least to me, right. versus if you focus on, well, it's Adam Sandler, right. it's this frenetic movie that's going to have you on the edge of your seat, right. 
then you're like, oh, okay, well, you don't need to tell me what the plot yeah. is. That's sort of it's a story about a gambler, not a story about a rock, right? Right. right and right. so um, that's how I feel like, uh, and and the the marketing and even that synopsis are sort of meaning to imply like it's this it's this chaotic world that centers around this person with this one particular vice yeah. or probably yeah. a series of vices, right? Yeah. So, uh, so what were, what were your first impressions coming out of the movie? I loved it. Um, especially I found myself, I found myself surprised at how, uh, it had been described a lot as, um, people feeling lots of anxiety watching the movie. And I was actually surprised how much I laughed and how much I was just sort of exhilarated and enjoyed what I was watching, even though I know that the feeling is often one of like tension in the yeah. film. I, was, I just, it just felt like I like this tension. Sometimes you yeah. feel like tense and you don't like the feeling. And in this movie, I felt tense and I loved it. Yeah, me too. I think um, th- this might be a crude comparison, but the closest thing I can compare it to is like almost like a carnival act mm-hmm. of you know, spinning plates or balancing chairs or something where you, you take great joy in watching this person struggle yes. to keep things working. Yeah. And you're like, this is not going to end well, <laughs> right. but, uh, but it's really just, uh, really kind of thrilling and, and hilarious to watch right. them get as far as they can get. Yes. You know, um, you know, like if you if you imagine a person spinning plates and they just keep adding plates and adding plates and you're like, this is it's almost like a clown act. Like, you right. know, it has to end with everything crumbling to the ground. Right. But it doesn't change the fact that it's very fun and 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 in many ways funny to watch. Right. 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 Um, so, yeah, I loved it, too. Um and I don't mean to, I, I'm not trying to, to say that that's necessarily how the movie ends. What I'm saying is that's, um, you know, that was my attitude towards it. Like, right. e- even from the beginning, yeah, the feeling I had was like, this can't all end well for this right. guy. He's, right. he's playing a game. Um, he's playing a game. It's almost like, you know, in, in like a, in a gangster movie, if, if you've got a character who's always kind of pissing people off and you're like, well, he's going to get himself killed. Right. You know? Right. Um, it's sort of like that feeling right. of might not happen in this movie, right. uh, but in this guy's lifetime, <laughs> right. Uh, you know, he's gonna, he's gonna, uh, something's gonna go South in a way that he can't quite, yeah. this, this, this thing is going to get out. It's going to get away from him. Yeah. Right. And I think that's part of the thrill for me is because the character is so convincingly uh, oblivious or um, believes so fully that they can get themselves out of the jam or series of jams that they've put themselves in. And sort of that disconnect between what you know, which is like, this seems like an impossible situation and what they haven't realized and like what they believe, which is that they still they still got a chance at this, yeah. right? Um, there's something really exhilarating about that because when you see somebody believe that they can achieve the impossible, right? You see crazy things happen, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. You see people do bananas things that like you know better than to yeah. try, yeah. right? Well, well, it's almost I I I don't even know watching the movie if I felt necessarily that he believes that this will work out. 
um, like I, I think it, I think watching the movie, my sensation was he believes there's a chance this will work out, but mm-hmm. he's just he's just so uh, brazen, mm-hmm. you know, that it's almost like he might know that it's far fetched, but he's like, let's try it. You know, right. let's go for it anyway. Right. You know, like he's that friend of yours who like proposes some crazy scheme and you're like, that won't work. And they're like, come on, let's let's give it a try. <laughs> right. You know, right. it's like it's not necessarily that they don't recognize how far fetched it is. Right. They're just willing to go for it anyway. Right. And they're willing to live with like the disappointment. Right. If it right. doesn't work out. Right. Yeah. So I, I, I felt like what's his name? Howard. Howard Ratner. Yeah. Um, like looking back on the movie. I know we were talking about first impressions, but this I think was consistent with my first impression too. I think Howard was actually quite likable to me. Mm-hmm. He almost like back to my feeling of like this is not going to end well for this guy. Almost like felt like a guy I would like to have as my friend, mm-hmm. where I would I would talk about him as like he's going to get himself killed. You know that guy's crazy, <laughs> right? But he's a lot of fun. You know, right? He's just. Uh, you know, like, you know, he's, he's sort of like, he's got an incurable disease. Right. And know? like, if you lend him money, you're never getting it back. <laughs> right. Do right. not lend him money if right. you ever want to see that money again. Although if you want to send him on a zany sort of quest, you right. know, by all means. Yeah. Because he'll do crazy things with that money. Right. You know. Um, but yeah, I think, I, I, don't, I think we might be sort of saying kind of the same thing, uh, just phrasing it differently. But there is something really quite quite exciting about a person who's willing to to pursue things that seem so outlandish right? yes yes um just because you know they might work there, yeah there's something quixotic about it right yeah i think uh i'm reminded for for whatever reason something that just popped into my head is like owen wilson's character in bottle rocket yeah who totally who, who yeah. wants to pull off this crazy heist and you know does he does he really believe it'll work? I mean, I do think he does. I think he's got a certain amount of delusion, but also on some level, it's just, it's like the excitement of doing it outweighs any concerns around the likelihood of failure. Right. 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 And I think that maybe is the case with this movie too. I, and that's how I would sort of characterize Howard is, is he so excited for things to work out mm-hmm. that that is a more powerful motivator for him than his fears of things not working. Right. It's exhilarating to see somebody who should be very afraid operating without fear. Right. I mean, there's really something kind of almost a little inspirational about it, frankly. Like I think this movie's not, it's not inspirational to me in the sense that, Oh, I want to be doing the kinds of things this guy is doing, but the more general, um, the more general sort of behavioral pattern of being more driven by, what you want mm-hmm. than by what you don't want. Than right? by what you fear. It, yeah. it, it, it's, it's, it's a really, um, that is, is a really positive example. Like, at, you know, at the risk of saying uncut gems pre- provides a positive example. Right. But like the truth is a lot of human beings, myself included are, are very, uh, the, like fear dic- dictates many of a our actions, of choices, right? Yep. Loss aversion is a real thing. Will we'd rather, you know, we'd rather um, not lose fifty dollars than than gain a hundred dollars, right? Then have a um, chance at right, right. If we if we sort of have a chance to win um, to win a hundred dollars uh, or lose fifty dollars, we'll just like not even take the chance, right? right? Because we're too afraid of losing the fifty dollars, right? 
Um, the ratios have to be way even though out that's of whack. illogical. Yeah. Um, so uh, so I think I think that is maybe also part of why it's fun to watch a character like Howard. Yeah. Because because it's like he'd be like, give me, I'll take that chance. Right. <laughs> you know, I yes. want to win that hundred dollars. Right. You know. And in a way, it's like that's how our minds should work. Now I think he's too far to the extreme end. Right. Where he's like, you could give him a chance of winning hundred dollars or getting killed. And he'll right. be like, oh, give me the chance. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> you know? yes. like, well, that's he uh, doesn't need to win much. Yeah. And like, and he's willing to lose a lot. Versus I feel like most of us would need to win a lot and aren't willing to lose very much. Right. Yeah. And the, so the ratios are all out of whack with him relative to how most of us operate. Yeah, but, yeah. Well, we let's let's explore that more when we get into spoilers. Yeah. Because I do think I do think there's more to be said there, but uh, it would be, you know, it's hard to talk about without getting more into the sure, development sure, sure, of the sure, story. Sure. Um, so anyway, it sounds like we both were, you know, pretty optimistic coming in and both came out super, super jazzed that it was a great movie. Yep. Um, let's move right along uh, to box office. Do you know what this movie made opening weekend? How many theaters was it in? Give me that. Um, I'm sorry, I can't give you that, but I will say it was a pretty wide release. Okay. Thirteen million dollars. We could guess. Okay. It was eighteen million. Okay. Actually, your guess might even be better than than that because I believe it was like eighteen point eight million in its opening five days because it opened on a Wednesday. Okay. Um. So maybe in like the Friday to Sunday frame, it was about thirteen million. Maybe. I think. Uh, I'd have to double check, but I think it was a twenty four's biggest opening okay yeah it i did catch um not the opening weekend number but i did catch uh after like after a few weeks mm-hmm. i was i just stumbled across the headline that like uncut gems is a hit right that like it did far better than people suspected it would mm-hmm. and so um yeah i'm not surprised to hear that it's a24's biggest film this year um i mean sandler certainly is a big part of that kevin garnett is probably a big part of that right but um but it is a little bit surprising that a movie that is very untraditional in a variety of ways yeah people were just like you got to check this out yeah um uh yeah i i think um when it came out i was seeing that it was the biggest well there's some a few interesting things to just mention one it was a24's biggest opening I think its competition is like Lady Bird, um, okay. and uh, I want to say like Hereditary. Okay, uh, I think those. I think those were A twenty four's top grossing films. Yeah, I think Lady Bird might have been its highest. Yeah, uh, but then when a when then Uncut Gems came out, it was like, oh, this is a very good chance of becoming their highest grossing film. Yeah. Um, which I actually haven't checked. It probably is though. Yeah, because I I checked like a week or two in. And it was their it was highest on track for it. Yeah, it was sort of exceed. It was surpassing all the other movies around that same yeah. time frame. Yeah. Um, but what's interesting about it is apparently this movie has been getting. Um, it's obviously gotten very positive reviews from critics. Yeah. It has been getting not so great audience um, scores, like I heard cinema about, score. Yeah, I heard about that. Yeah. Uh, which kind of makes some sense to me because I'm like, I bet a lot of people are seeing it because they hear like. Adam Sandler. It's a yeah. great Adam Sandler performance. Right. And they're sort of intrigued by that, but then they don't really know what they're buying a ticket for. And right. then they see it and they're like, 
oh, <laughs> you know, that yeah. was like that film made me very anxious or that right. film was like too, too all over the place or crazy or whatever. Right. Um, so I could see that. Uh, but it's interesting that even though it apparently has gotten a pretty poor cinema score, like a C minus or something like that, which sure. is like terrible. Right. Um, that basically means people hate it. Right. Uh, but the box office is still doing so well, which is yeah. unusual. Normally that means word of mouth's going to be terrible, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but is this maybe an area where averages lie? Like Probably. Some people love it and some people hate it. And the people yeah. who love it go out and tell their friends. And people who hate it, like, so yeah. what? Yeah, I think it's. I think there's probably also some element of the explanation is that these numbers, even though this box office is great for A24, that's like a small studio. Yeah. And these numbers are low enough that when you get these cinema scores, it's not like the masses are going to see this movie and word of mouth is pervasive and like spreading right. everywhere. It's not Rise of Skywalker. You're, you're still talking about like in a given community. Very or, few. Yeah. Like yeah, let's yeah. say when you go to the office, you know, right. most of your coworkers have never heard of this movie. So right. it's it's not like... It's not like this thing where I think I think the effect of a low cinema score is much probably much more noticeable on like a giant big blockbuster movie. Sure. The new Star Wars comes out and everyone's talking about it and everyone's like, no, it's terrible. And right. then that that significantly impacts people's desire to see it who were thinking about seeing yeah, it. Yeah, you just overhear at the this water movie, cooler. Yeah, yeah, this movie, it's probably mostly people not hearing about it through word of mouth or, or like you said, there's still plenty of positive word of mouth. Right. But a lot of the people who saw it and didn't, um, didn't like it. They're not like affecting the conversation about right. it. They're just going home disappointed. <laughs> right. Basically. Yeah. I feel like, or maybe telling other people who would never have considered seeing it anyway. I feel like if you're the type of person who saw the trailer and was like, maybe, yeah, maybe I'll see that movie. Yeah. yeah. And then you've got like a friend who's like, I loved it. You mm-hmm. should definitely see it. That, to me, would outweigh there being another friend who's like, yeah, it was terrible. I'd right. be like, well, right. I kind of wanted to see it, and it sounds really distinct and unique. Like, yeah. Or if you're a weirdo like me, that almost might make you more intrigued. Right. right. Or it's like, you're like, I got one friend who said it was awesome and one who said they hated it. That means it's very interesting. Right, right. <laughs> you know? Yeah, very polarizing, yeah. Right. I, I always find that I've, I th- we might have talked about this before, but like, you know, there's like Rotten Tomatoes and Metacritic. I kind of wish that some site would show you like the standard deviation right. of the reviews. Yeah. Because that would almost be the, one of the most interesting data points to me is, oh, the standard deviation here is like a solid three to four points. You know, like right. critics are very divided as opposed to, you know, your uh, classic, I'll call it the everybody wants some phenomenon yeah. of, Hundred percent of Rotten Tomatoes. Right. Nobody actually thought it was that great. Right. It's not. Right. It's not a perfect movie. Just everybody agreed it was. It's good. Decent. Yeah. 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 Um. Okay. So box office. Uh, we've talked about. We talked about Cinema Score a little. Uh. Let's get on to themes. Uh. What are the themes of the movie? So. What do you think the theme or themes of the movie is or were? Well. I struggle. It, it would. It's sort of like this. I remember feeling like I struggled with this question when we saw the movie. Sorry to bother you, right? Because it's like there are certainly themes, but then there's more and more and more. And I feel like yeah. there's a lot of different ideas 
in well, this movie. I, I'm interested. So I'm interested to hear you respond to this because a criticism I've heard of this movie, which I feel like you'll probably have a robust uh, response to, not to mm-hmm. <laughs> not to put too much pressure on you, but um, I was listening to a review where the reviewer was like, "I really like this movie. I'm very impressed with the craftsmanship." And the performances, yeah, and it was really well made, and I and I and I really admire it for all those things. But I can't shake this feeling that the movie didn't really have anything to say. Okay, how would you respond to that? Uh, I would disagree. Um, I feel like um, the care. Okay, so I think let's we can sort of begin in the middle and then work our way out. So um, the character of Howard, right, is really I think the thing that the movie hinges on. Right. I think he's in every scene. Right. I don't. Well, that's not true. There's a little bit toward the end where he's in he's in one place and Julia's in a different place. Yeah, but he's practically in every he's scene. practically in every scene. And so really, this is um, ultimately an examination of what's going on with Howard. Right. And so I would say that is true of lots of movies that are try- attempting to explore bigger ideas through the mind of a particular character. Sure. And so what is going on with Howard? Well, Howard is um, a loser who's trying to win, right? Um, now, I don't think it's... Why do you say he's a loser? Well, he his wife doesn't love him. He's got a hole-in-the-wall jewelry business mm-hmm. that um, despite there being lots of diamonds on the walls he is massively in debt right um he has a number of people who he who feel that he has conned them in some way um and uh he has a relationship with his bookie where his bookie literally tells him to walk away because he's such a loser that he wouldn't he shouldn't make any bets right Mm -hmm. And so um, that's those are sort of the things that I think about when I'm sort of over generally characterizing Howard as a loser. I don't. I'm not saying that as like a, I don't like him, right? No, I get. I'm I just get saying you. there's yeah. a there's a number of th- things that have not gone his way in life, right? Um, okay. And I don't think he's a loser, but we'll but talk he's, about it. In but he's a, but he's obsessed with winning, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so. It's him t- trying to take all these lemons and circumstances, some of which he's created for himself and some of which have been dealt to him, right? And trying to turn everything into a win. He's trying to, t- t- like, uh, I mean, it's not it's not an accident that the, the structure of the final sort of climactic bet that he makes is a parlay bet mm-hmm. where he's like, I need to win this. And I take the winnings from that and I parlay that into a bigger bet. Mm-hmm. And then I take the winnings from that and I parlay that into another bet. Well, that's what right. he's doing basically the whole movie. Right, exactly. That's his way of thinking. It's yeah. like I take small wins mm-hmm. and I convert them into bigger and bigger and bigger wins. There's mm-hmm. that's the I can't I never just take the win for what right. it is. Right. Right. Um, and so uh I lo- I just really enjoyed this examination of a person who for whatever reason, whether they sort of are a loser or feel like a loser, uh, being so obsessed with all, what are all the ways that I can win? Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and so, 
that the, that prison, like that way of thinking was to me one of sort of the driving engines of the movie, right? If you think about every interaction that he has with, with other people, he's like, how can I end this in a better situation than when I came in, right? It's a useful tool to like examine his choices, right? Um, and then, uh, so th- that to me is sort of like the primary thing I care about is the character of Howard. And then there's some other stuff too, right? Um, and maybe it's fla- maybe it's just like flavor or garnish, mm-hmm. right? Um, but uh, the idea of his sort of suburban malaise, the idea of um, seeing meaning or sort of like cosmic cosmic importance <laughs> in the ge- in the gem, right, right. Um, and just the the cameras the the camera choices in the beginning to sort of connect the cosmic with the like the, the intimate. internal the intimate <laughs> um don't want to spoil the opening credits I, but there's I, there, a fun there's a fun twist to the opening credits right there's just something um you know I, here's the deal i i can un, i can appreciate the reviewer who's saying um I can't shake that there's has nothing to say has nothing to say because I don't know that I could fully articulate like what does it mean to connect like the cosmic with mm-hmm. the intimate um and I well like uh, an yeah. example to to sort of uh uh jump off of that real quick you saw this movie again with your mm-hmm. wife who I was talking to you both afterwards and she was like I don't want to I don't want to give away which part of the movie talking about but there's a part where the camera does a thing yeah and it's and it's visually it's 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 revealing something visually where she was like what was the point of that like what was the movie trying to communicate to me from that and i felt that she sort of very fairly was like i feel like the movies it's making it seem like it's presenting a message or a moral of some kind right but it's very unclear what that is. Right. And um, and I I can certainly sympathize with that view, and I feel like that's maybe where that reviewer was coming from, is like yeah. there's points in the movie where it's doing a thing yeah. that feels like you get what I'm saying, right? And you're like, no, I don't get what you're saying. <laughs> right? Yeah. Sort of like, sort of like um almost like I would I would compare it to sort of uh I don't know, I don't know, I don't know what I'm I'm sure my mind is basing this off some movie or story or something, but like comparing it to, you know, like a wise old sage. Oh no, I know what I'm thinking of in a serious man. Uh huh. You know how he goes to these, he goes to like this one rabbi and then goes to another rabbi and then the third rabbi. Yeah. And, and they give him increasingly like opaque. Yes. Guidance. Yeah. Where, to the point where the wise old rabbi at the end, like, just quotes lyrics from a... Jefferson Airplane. Yeah. J- was it Jefferson Airplane? Yeah. Um, when the truth is found yes. to be lies. Yeah. 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 He just quotes these lyrics to him, and he's like, okay, uh-huh. what are you actually telling me right now? Right. You know, um, I, th- I think that 
that I can understand some people having that kind of feeling watching this movie. Yeah. Where it's like the movie presents something to you as if it's this deep, meaningful wisdom. Right. And you're like, I'm not absorbing this at all. Whatever. Right. Either what you're telling me is complete uh, like vaporware. Yeah. Or I'm just not getting it. Right. Right. And so some people would sort of fall on the side of, I think it's just vapor. I don't right. think you're telling me anything. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But other people are like, no, I think there is something there. You right. Know? Um, and I do want to talk about that because I, this is where um, the, to me, and this is just a per, very personal reaction. There was something uh, like, wordlessly transcendent about <laughs> some of those moments, like at the beginning and at the end of the film. Yeah. Um, I love it. And I don't know that I can explain it, but uh, maybe that's, maybe that's because you'd have to use words and right. can't and, be explained in words, but there was something <laughs> that, fe- okay. So like to, we, we can get in it. It's like literally one of the first things that happens in the mm-hmm. movie and we'll start spoiling it. Can we start spoiling it now? You think? Sure, let's just say, okay, spoiler warning now. Okay, spoilers begin. So in that opening shot where we are going deep into a black opal, mm-hmm. right? And and it feels kind of like going through a galaxy or something. Right, it sort of takes on a uh, cosmic, a co- I think you said cosmic yeah. sort of feeling to it where it feels like we're traveling through stardust or something. Mm-hmm. And then eventually the camera uh, feels like it morphs into a space that's like, a little bit biological in sort of feel. And then eventually it becomes apparent that we are watching Howard's colonoscopy, right? right? We're inside his colon. We're inside his colon. And there was something I, to me, like it was connecting the opal, like the, the, um, the worlds of possibility contained Mm -hmm. in that opal. Mm -hmm. And it's something that is like, that that understanding of how the opal contains universes mm-hmm. is like something that Howard understands like in his gut, right? Or in his like, colon. In his, yeah, like yeah. D- down in like the deepest part of him. He's like, this opal is the entire universe mm-hmm. and is like going to be the key to everything I'm trying to achieve in this life. Right. Right. There was just something that connected it to him visually in a way that I found very uh, effective at um, communicating how tied he was to it, mm-hmm. right? Um, now, am I creating uh, a more coherent um, argument than is there? Maybe. I don't actually think so. I have an, I have an alternate interpretation. Okay. I think so the the scenes where the camera goes into the opal and it starts to feel like you're in this cosmic setting. I uh, and to be clear I don't think this is the right interpretation. I think you and I are on the same page in that like a lot of movies like this where like there's multiple interpretations sure, yeah, yeah. and it's sort of what you bring to the movie, right? But um but for me I would say it doesn't feel to me like the movie is is making a point about the opal mm-hmm. as much as the movie's sort of presenting us presenting with us with how Howard views the opal mm-hmm. and also how um 
what's his name? I don't even I know no sports. Kevin, Gar- basketball. Kevin Garnett. How G- Kevin Garnett views the opal in the movie, like to Howard, the mm-hmm. opal unlocks the mysteries of the universe and the camera's kind of like going in and sort of like letting you see right. Howard's perspective. Sure, yeah, yeah and, yeah. and the opening to me is about sort of like Howard has this view of this, uh, of the world as, and I think this sort of crystallizes in the scene between him and Kevin Garnett. Toward the well, I know we're getting, we're movie. jumping around, yeah, yeah. but but towards the end of the movie where he's like, you and I get it. You know, they don't get it. You and I understand. Um, He's kind of talking about two things at once. One is like the magic of this opal. Right. Right. But two is like the the thirst for something more. For winning. For the win. Yeah. This is how I win. Right. Right. Um, But anyway, in Howard's mind, there's this like incredibly deep, magical, powerful, almost otherworldly force at work. And in, in his mind, it's like that's that's powering him or right. that's that's fueling him. Right. But the fa- the fact that it's then in his colon is sort of like he's so far up his own ass. <laughs> right. You know, right. like right. it's like this is complete nonsense. <laughs> right. right? Sure. But I, 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 the, I that's sort of how I view it. But but like the movie, it's almost like it goes up into his colon mm-hmm. to sort of like connect those two things right but in my mind it's almost the way the movie plays out it's sort of like it's not necessarily taking taking a side but it's sort of sure it's 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 to me it's more it's almost more like ouroboros yes yes or it's like the howard's worldview yeah is self-contained and self-consuming yes and sort of inaccessible to anyone who doesn't have that worldview. It's like yes. simultaneously true and total bullcrap. Right. Um, but inside it, it has a sort of coherence that you cannot yeah, get it's at like, from outside. It's like this magic drives him. It's also made up. Right. But it's also real. You right. know? Like, right. So there's like a paradox Belief to it. makes it real in um, a way. Right. Yeah. And to me, uh, to sort of close out what I think the theme of the movie is, I think it's very telling that you, you and I, neither of us can really succinctly state the theme. Yeah, that's right. Um, but um, to me, the theme of the movie has to do with what we were talking about in the beginning, how I said it's, it's inspirational in a way that what is driving Howard is this intense desire mm-hmm. for, it's like a positive drive. of He wants things mm-hmm. much more than he is afraid of things. Yep. He's not driven by fear, like, at all, to the point where his lack of fear is irrational. Yep. You know, like, he's willing to do things yep. that any sane person would be like, just take, give take, up. Yeah, take, well, well, because in some cases in the movie, he's he's in a pretty good place. And so right. a lot of people would say, like, yeah, yeah, keep that. Quit while you're ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You Everything is fine right now. You can sort of pay off your debts. Yeah. And you can just, you know, go back home and be happy with it. But he's like, nah, you right. know. I'll never be happy. Right. Um, and, and, and yeah, and I think there's something aspirational, inspirational about that. But to me, the theme of the movie is, is, or what the movie is showing is that, yes, that is magical. It's also deadly. Right. Right. Like, like you are supposed to enjoy watching this mm-hmm. because what this guy is doing is legitimately, genuinely very cool. Right. Thrilling. You know? Yeah. Yeah. He's pulling things off mm-hmm. that are amazing to see. 
Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's like an artist in a way, right. right? And and we love to watch what artists do when they create beautiful things. Right. It is going to kill him, though. Right. You know, it's sort of one and the same. It's sort of, it's a thing that's beautiful. and The thing that makes him, the thing, his greatest triumph is the source of his end. Yeah. Right. And to me, it, it there's a great parallel from that to there is magic in this opal. Right. Also, it's there just his colon. It's just a rock. <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Um, which, yeah, it's sort of like, there's probably other movies with a similar message, you know, where there might be a character who sort of sees the world in a magical way. Right. And ultimately it's like, they are crazy. You know, what's kind of like it is, is big fish has a similar message. Sure. Where it's like, this man is living in a fantasy, but like, isn't there something to be said for living in a fantasy? Right. You know, like he was disconnected from reality to some degree. Yeah. But his life was a little bit more beautiful because of it. Right. Now, uncut gems is Definitely a grittier yeah. version. It'd be stretched to call it beautiful. But I think, yeah, I think it's a similar idea, you know? Like, right. like this man is delusional. He's he's pursuing things that will lead to his demise. Mm-hmm. Also, isn't there something kind of beautiful that we all want about right. that? Right. Right. Yep. That, to me, feels like what this movie is exploring, if, if you can't call it quite the theme. Yeah. It's the idea that this movie is... Yeah. Really, I did not find it to be like a hollow or empty movie. No, right? yeah, me neither. And I actually think it's a really good sign that we would have a hard time distilling it down to this is what the movie's trying to say, right? Because it's, um, and I've I've probably made this point before. Like to me, like the medium of film of mm-hmm. cinema, yeah, is you know it's storytelling, yeah, and yeah. we like stories, but but a for a piece of art to be like for a film to be a piece of art. Yeah. Part of me is like, why is it a film? You know? Right. Why is it not a book? Yeah. Why is it not um, a five paragraph essay? Sure. Yeah. Or a painting or a song. It's like, because the medium is a way of presenting a story visually and with audio, um, Using all of the, the, it's it's a it's a very sensory experience of telling a story. Yeah. Where the where the storyteller has all these elements at their disposal, and the whole point, in the same way that this is also true of paintings or music or other like art forms, mm-hmm. it can potentially communicate things mm-hmm. that words alone can't communicate. Right. And so, to me, the the best movies, the movies I like the most, are the ones that communicate things that are very hard to communicate. Yes. Words, you know. Yes, I find that if you can just sort of very succinctly say this movie's about this period, right, right? right? Then it's almost too easy to understand, right? I mm-hmm. like I think it's interesting that one of the first movies that you ra- brought up when we're talking about this movie is A Serious Man. Oh, which that's I, a great example. Which I yeah. think is one of the best movies as far as the um sort of the the lack uh Sort of the the what's the word I'm looking for? The <laughs> inadequacy. The inadequacy. That's exactly the word I'm looking for. The inadequacy of words to describe what you are seeing and feeling and thinking. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Um, Which, as we've also talked about, is why I feel the Cohen brothers don't explain their movies. Yes. Because they're like the movies are the, the meaning, explanation. Right. Right. That's it. If you ask me to distill it down into words, you're going to lose half of the meaning. Right. right? 
Because if you asked a musician, like, what is this song? Right. And they were like, well, <laughs> it's the following chords played in yeah. this order. Or even like a comedian to explain their jokes. Right. You know? I think that I think there's really what are your jokes I think that's mean? why that's why when people say, yeah, like explain this. I I totally understand why artists, not all artists, some artists are happy to explain things in words, but but a lot of artists are sort of balk at that. And they're right. like and they're like, I don't like doing that, you know? Yeah. And some of them might not even understand why they don't like doing that. They just know they don't like doing it. Right. But but I really think there's some that that's a part of the answer is because what they're doing is communicating ideas in a way that words fall short. Yep. And so when you force them to use words, they're like, I can do that. Right. But I just, I feel like I'm it cheapening will, it or I'm. It, I, I will do a worse job. Yeah. I'm with conveying my the ideas worse. Than the movie does. Because I'm restricted by the medium you're forcing me to use, which is just words. Right. Know? Yeah. Um, so anyway, this is a great movie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so I reject the idea. It has nothing to say, but I do think what it has to say is difficult to, uh, summarize. But I do feel like I like, um, I especially like your reading of, of that one particular piece of it. And I feel like the fact that we're only talking about a very specific part of the movie and haven't even gotten into the bulk of the movie. No, which um, we should do. Yeah, we should do it. So, um, let's talk about best parts of the movie, right? Okay. Uh, what are some of the best parts? There's, some, there's a lot of great parts. There are a lot of great parts. Um, okay, so we'll just go back and forth. The sequence where they cannot get the door open. <laughs> uh, in the, so in this movie, uh, Adam Sandler's character Howard Ratner owns a jewelry shop in the Diamond District in Midtown Manhattan, and he the where that diamond shop is located is sort of like on you know the one of the higher level floors of a building. And when people come in, there's two doors that have to be opened in sequence in order to allow people in and out. And that's to prevent thievery. And so, so people enter through the first door and then the second door, uh, cannot be opened because you're supposed to use a sort of magnetic system to unlock the door and mm-hmm. it's fault. And the system is faulty. And so you've got Kevin Garnett and Lakeith Stanfield's character named Damani and one of their friends all sort of trapped in this sort of space mm-hmm. between two mm-hmm. doors and the um, it's all uh, Howard Ratner has wanted right for like two days is to get these people back into his store and then they can't and get they in. just can't get in yep. uh, and just the rising tension uh, just the frustration of these characters as they're stuck in this <laughs> spot and sort of the chaos swirling in the store as Ratner as Howard tries to get them in i love that scene because it's most of the tension in this movie is like a direct result of howard's actions yeah but that scene it's just dumb luck yeah yeah right uh where you're like this isn't even howard's fault right but this scene is is uh is making me so anxious right because you know how angry kevin garnett is getting right right um or frustrated i should say at the very least yeah yeah yeah, that was a great scene. I think earlier um, when we were talking about how this movie didn't make you uncomfortable or, yeah, comparing it to spinning plates and it being yeah. sort of like a carnival act, I think that was a that scene was a great example where I was, like, laughing. Yes. Because I was like, this is so insane. Right. This is so absurd how, how like, uh, 
I mean, I guess at the at the same time, I was like, I'm gonna get a heart attack from watching this. Yeah. But it was a very enjoyable, yeah. funny feeling. Yeah. You know, like how can things possibly be going this badly, right? <laughs> right, right. Um, and, and 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 you know, and seeing Howard like. Hey, you put the metal filings, you put the metal filings in there, right. and then like they try and it KG, doesn't work. He's like, KG, I swear this <laughs> is like, gonna I work. Swear. I got this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, I totally agree. That was a great scene. And and you know, it ends okay. It doesn't it doesn't end that badly, that particular right. scene. Right. But the, just something about everybody's performances, right. the way the camera is moving, right? I can't re- even recall what the music is doing, but it just has it, it's sort of very emblematic of like the general feeling in this movie where there are two or three or more sort of competing rising tensions happening simultaneously mm-hmm. and Howard and just Howard's sort of acting like everything's under control. He's got it. He's yeah. totally fine. <laughs> right. Um, and there's some, and I think that feeling of, of just constantly having that feeling throughout the movie yep. is something that I really responded to. I just, yeah. um, you know, I think a number of us have a hard time dealing when one thing goes wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, and something that I've learned about myself, actually, like j- just at work is I was describing to a colleague uh, how something was like going wrong, like more wrong than we probably realized. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And she was like, why are you smiling? Right. <laughs> And I was like, don't you get it? Like, this is when I come alive. <laughs> like, when things are just impossibly wrong. Right. Because and then then it's like, there's nowhere to go but up, right? Like, it's like, ooh, a juicy puzzle. A juicy problem to yeah, solve, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, and so that was, it sort of, it sort of tickled Time that to feeling. to earn my paycheck. Right. <laughs> it's sort of like this movie, like, just tickled that, 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 like, scratched that itch, like, repeatedly throughout, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's one per- scene that I particularly liked, and I feel like all the other scenes that I would nominate have probably a similar tonality to them. Um, and it, what what stands out for you? Uh, that scene was great. Um, man, I feel like I had a bunch in my head, and they all kind of disappeared. Um, I mean, there's so many scenes with where, where where there's like escalating tension. Like I think the auction, you know, when yeah. he's sort of. Uh, <laughs> everything leading up to sort of like him realizing that the, that the estimate was lower, the yeah. appraisal was yeah, lower. The auction house and then trying to like the Opal at a lower price a situation yeah. to like, to bump up the price. Um, the, I mean, certainly I think for me, possibly the highlight, uh, I'd have to fact check myself on this, but is, you know, just the closing, like from where the thugs get locked in the room. Yeah. And the game is playing out. Yeah. And he's just watching the game. He's watching the game. Yes. While these guys are trapped in the little yeah. like the little entryway to his store. Yep. And they're watching him as he just watches the game and kind of narrates it. That was great. Yep. Um, I thought, uh, again, for that same reason of this is hilarious and it's so... Um, it's making me so anxious, right? Like, wh- how this is all gonna play out? Yep. But both, right? Like, there's at least three things that you're anxious about in that scene. One is like, how is the game gonna go? Right. Yeah. I mean, maybe not for you because you actually remembered the game. I think. Well, it's yeah, because there's um, a historical game that I, actually happened. Yes, uh, that which is an amazing mm-hmm. choice that the Safdie yeah. brothers made. Although I think they might have had a very practical reason for that, actually, which is that. 
you if you're going to use the NBA and its likeness mm-hmm. in a movie fictionally, yeah. you have to get permission from the NBA mm-hmm. and say like, can I use like your logos and stuff? Right, right, right. But if you're using like a real game that happened, it's just historical that's just like footage. fair use, yeah, right? Yeah. And so like, so it has to be real because <laughs> we can't afford to go pay the NBA a bunch of money. Well, yeah, it makes a ton of sense. And also reenact basketball, right? Games why, yeah, why stage like, right? realistic looking NBA game? And so this happened to be a game between the Boston Celtics and the 76ers, and I am a huge 76ers fan. Uh-huh. So I remember this game. So I remembered the outcome of that game. But the interesting part is like, I did not remember because it's a parlay, series of parlays, right? I did not remember like, I don't remember who wins the opening tip of this game. Sure, yeah, there's and a I lot of details. And I don't remember exactly how many points Kevin Garnett scored in this game, mm-hmm. right? So those were, like, very interesting to me. So there was some amount of uncertainty. Yeah. Too. But, but like, I, yeah. But but for me, who didn't even know the game at all, right. it's like, I don't know how the game's going to go. I don't know what's going to happen when he lets these guys out of the entryway. Yeah. And also, his girlfriend, yep. I don't know what's going to go on at the casino. Right. Right. And so you've got these at least three parallel lines of anxiety yep. <laughs> of unresolved. Like if any of these things goes wrong in the same way that in the game, his bet is like, there's like 50 things that have to happen right. for me to right. win this bet. Right. Um, which is why the payoff is so huge. Right. right? Uh, but like, so if any one of those things goes wrong, this whole deal is off. Also, right. if, if anything happens at the casino, he's screwed. If anything happens with yeah. these thugs, he's screwed. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, so that was probably a highlight for me, but really everything like leading up to that. Yeah. Um, this is a movie of, for me, not, not a lot of like, it's, it's not like spiky, like, oh, this scene was great. And then it was a lull. And then the scene was great. Yeah. It's like, it's pretty consistently. It's like great the entire time. Yeah. Well, it just keeps ramping it up, but you're enjoying the ride the whole time. Yeah. I mean, because the fact that you're citing that scene and the scene immediately before it is his conversation with Kevin Garnett in his office, mm-hmm. I've, which is one of the best scenes in the movie, in my yeah, opinion, yeah. right? Where where they are basically having a like true heart to heart, where mm-hmm. and Kevin and uh, Ratner is basically saying like, "You get something that no, you, that you and I get something that nobody else gets." Yeah, right. And and I feel like as an audience member, there's a little bit of a there's a little bit of like a are you in or are you out kind of moment there, mm-hmm. right? As an audience member, because it's like he has, he is about, he makes a ridiculous choice. <laughs> like, yeah, as a, in, in, in that the, scene, he can just resolve everything. Right. He's got the money from Garnett. He can pay off Arno mm-hmm. and, and still have some on top. Yeah. And be fine. <laughs> and they're right outside the door. Yes. And he's like, and he's like, I'm gonna make this crazy bet right now in front of you. Right. Almost as as almost as if like to prove to, to Kevin Garnett right. that like this wasn't all just about me getting money from you so I could pay off this guy. Right. There's a much bigger story here. Right. And I'm gonna prove it to you. Right. I'm gonna bet all of this money. Right. On a completely outrageous bet. Right, but, but I feel it because I know that the that like, opal is going to give yeah. you. It's like I believe in you. I believe in that stone. Right, right. I believe in myself. Yeah, and 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 I think this is also pretty well distilled in the first bet, you know, which is in the trailer where the guy is like, "That's the dumbest bet I ever heard," and he's just like, 
disagree. <laughs> right. <laughs> I know something you don't know. What do you, you know? know? What do you know? Yeah. Like, I don't know. I just... Just got a feeling. I just got a feeling. Says. Right. But but in his mind, that really is true. Like, I know something. Right. That Kevin Garnett has a rock. Right. It's magical. Right. You know? And I think that's probably... I think the interesting part is... Uh, not that I hang out with a lot of degenerate gamblers, but like I, I really suspect that a lot of gamblers probably have that feeling. Sure, yeah, right, yeah. I which have is this like special. Like, I have a, I have a system. Yep. Right. Like I have a way of doing this that other people can't understand. Right. But it works for me. But yep. the and of course the the bitter truth is like mostly it doesn't. Sure. Right. Although in this movie it generally does for him. Well, I guess his, his two huge bets he makes based on the opal. Yep. Work out. Right. Right. They they are correct. Well, and this is where it's like there's the bet, like the literal the, bet. There, and then there's, and the, then there's like the, the, meta, the cosmic the bet. The meta bet. Right. Yeah. And it's like the cosmic bets in Howard's world, like just don't work out. Yep. Right. Because it's not just the bet. It's like everything that had to happen for you to make the bet and yep. everything that had to happen for you to make the bet is sitting there waiting to destroy you even if the bet itself wins. I'm going to I'm going to draw a parallel from this to Ford versus Ferrari. Sure. Or Ford v Ferrari. Yeah. Which I don't think they're that similar, um but I think on this very specific point they have something in common which is uh you know we talked about Howard's worldview being sort of self-contained. Um I think there's I think there's a commentary in both movies on this notion that you can be special Mm -hmm. and you can be special in a way that works in a kind of subset of the world or in a, almost like in a bubble where what matters is what matters to you. Mm -hmm. But you're also part of this larger system. Yeah. You know, like society, let's call it that might not care about you being special in this way. Mm hmm. And if you if you are too special and you focus too much on the special thing yeah. about yourself, this larger system you're a part of will eventually kind of come crashing down. It'll crush you because you're not playing by the rules of the system. Of the of the macro in, system. In Ford yeah. v. Ferrari, you know, Christian Bale's character is this true artist yeah. who sort of refuses to compromise uh, uh, for the most part. Yeah. And is and is you know and he's like successful as an artist and in the eyes of other artists they greatly admire him mm-hmm. but in the wider system of you have to play by the rules he's not he's he doesn't he's not really able to succeed in that right uh, with with that structure in place and I think similar it's like Adam Sandler it's sort of like if everyone believed these magical things he believed like him right. and was willing to tolerate right the kinds of crazy risks he's taking yeah. He would just, he would be king. Right. But he actually exists in a world where people are like, when I lend you money, right. you got to give it back to me. Right. You know, there have to be terms and parameters of this loan. Right. You can't just like take my money and do some crazy bet with it indefinitely. Right. You know, but it's like, if people were okay with that, you know, he has this special thing. Right. Is sort of, you know, I'm not saying the movie is, is, is a hundred percent unambiguous that he really does have a special ability, right. but it's certainly supportive, or I should say at the very least, uh, consistent with the idea that he does have a special thing. Right. But it's like the world is not okay with that. You right. know, it, there are limits. 
you're on a leash. Yep. You can't go with that yep. indefinitely and people just trust you. Yep. So so it does sort of I think that that is something this movie has in common with that and with Ford V Ferrari and I'm sure many other movies. The just the message of like there there is some limit to your nonconformist yeah. bent, right? Yeah. <laughs> like you can't take it you you, you can take it so, so far, but no farther. Yep. <clears throat> yeah, there's some there's something sort of uh Icarus esque, right? Yeah, totally. About about the endeavor. Um one other scene that I think warrants uh mention is the scene at the high school where Howard is trying to watch his daughters oh, play and uh sees two of the henchmen who are, have been tailing him throughout the movie waiting for him in the back of the theater. Mm-hmm. He invites them into the lobby for a discussion proceeds to bite one of them and then like just run furiously through yeah. the high school and then says hello to his daughter backstage. Like dressing rooms and right? stuff, yeah. Um, and ultimately ends up uh, tackled on the lawn of the high school, shoved into the back of an SUV, uh, screamed at by Eric Bogosian, stripped n- basically naked, right, and shoved in the trunk of a car. And then when he tries to explain, and then when he asks his wife to help him, his first thing that he says is like, "Everything's okay." <laughs> <laughs> right. This is this is a this is a predicament that any normal person would interpret as, "Okay, things have gotten a little out of hand. <laughs> right. I'm naked in the trunk of my car. I should probably just get this money and pay this guy I back. Need to, and I need to be put done an end this. to this." Yeah, yeah. But to him. He's this is very this okay. is a minor <laughs> setback. Yeah. Yeah. He's like this this stops nothing. Right. <laughs> uh yeah, that was definitely a great scene. Just a great sequence and I think I think it's, you know, it's a it's a very effective sort of plot development to tell you it speaks volumes about this character. Yeah. Right? That he's like barely slowed down by right. this. Well, and I think there's something very um, literal about that same idea later after the auction and his father-in-law, he sends his father-in-law away in a car mm-hmm. and he is um, talking to Arno trying to convince him that everything's going to be fine, right? Right. And proceeds to have his throat punched, mm-hmm. have his nose broken, and then get, get, thro- and then get thrown fountain. into a fountain, <laughs> right? And he's like, undeterred yeah right like every time one of these things happens right and he can't he can't breathe his windpipe is collapsed right he's sort of like just he just needs a moment and then he's gonna catch up and like keep talking to him right and then he gets punched in the face and he's gonna keep talking to him right and then like it's just all of these things like life is screaming at him like stop what you're doing right (laughs) And he's just he's just totally oblivious to that message, right? Mm-hmm. The only message he is like clearly receiving is like a message from the opal, yep. right? That's like, you're a winner. Yep. Make the bet, right? Yep. So at any rate, all of these sequences, and there are more, right? But just that feeling, uh, I just want to just ride it forever. <laughs> Right, no, just great. just like Sandler wants to feel like the high of winning forever, and wants to parlay that into a, that same feeling again, but bigger. Right, that's the, I feel like a similar feeling that you have watching this movie, or so that I had watching this movie. So you're psyched for the next Safety Brothers movie, Uncut Gems Surely. Two, <laughs> Opal Boogaloo. It'd be hard to make an Uncut Gems Two, I think. 
uh, would be difficult. Yeah. Um, so any other best parts you want to touch on? I think we hit on. Well, all should we, I mean, should we talk about the ending of the film? The very Which end? The very end? Yeah. Um, sure. I mean, how do you, f- I mean, he gets shot. Yeah. So after winning the biggest bet of his life and ostensibly his, and his girlfriend is seemingly scot-free, right? Yep. Um, he's, went smoothly he's got $1.2 million extra that he didn't have at the beginning of the day. He lets the goons out of his, out of the sort of hold space between the two doors mm-hmm. and gets shot in the face. Yeah. And, and Arno gets killed too. And then Arno in an attempt to escape also gets shot. Yeah. And so, um, then the camera, then Adam Sandler's face facing upright, lying on the ground, the camera just zooms into the bullet hole in mm-hmm. his face and ultimately and once again we're in the, the we're in mysterious the mysterious depths we're in the opal. opal and then we're in space yep right um i think this is consistent with my reading from the beginning it's it's magical it's also his colon it's it, also his demise it's all yes right yes his, yeah, it's funny. Can I tell you? I was really surprised when the doctor calls at some point in this movie and is like, "Your colon's totally fine." Right. I was like, "He has cancer." You know what I mean? Like, right. Like that's the right thing to have done in this movie. Is like, yes, you're t- you're dying. Like the opal, like the opal, which is inside you, right, mm-hmm. is killing you, right. But I, but it was just sort of interesting. He's like, totally clean bill of health. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, I I I. Uh... I could see it going either way. I think it would have worked either way, but I like that he was fine because there's something I might be, I might be going a little, I might be like too convincing myself too much. Yeah. This is sort of like the true meaning of this movie, this ring of like, it is both magical and true and completely his own invention and, yeah. and baloney. But, but in my mind, it being like your colon is fine. Mm-hmm. It's sort of like, this is very pure. There's right. nothing wrong with this. Right. Right. What what is wrong, what introduces impurities is when you bring in the outside yeah. world that's kind of not okay with sure. the way he's operating. Yeah. But like the way he's operating on its own mm-hmm. is inherently yeah. fine. Right. Left to it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if it was left to its own devices, it would totally work out. Yeah, perfectly. sort of like there's nothing actually wrong here um, intrinsically, you know, which is what I think cancer would sort of represent right 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 but it's like no the colon is fine yeah i think and i think that's right like it's the we're sort of described we sort of described in two different ways this idea of like there's the bet and then there's the world that the bet has to live in yeah right and the bet is perfect Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. but it doesn't matter because the world that the bet has to live in doesn't accept the terms the the world will not tolerate people who make bets like this Right, yeah. That seems like the real conflict here, right? Yeah, and so, I mean, yes, I do think, I mean, to me, it's kind of like a perfect ending, um, yeah. which which is funny because I, I will say at the time, uh, I feel silly admitting, but I was pretty shocked when it happened. Uh-huh. I, guess, I guess even though I knew, all right, this can't all end well for him, yep. it sort of lulled me into... Maybe I just didn't expect it to happen that way or in that moment. Right. But it's like the sort of development where once it happens, you're like, of course that just happened. 
Right. You know, he's been pissing off this thug. This guy has been saying the entire movie that he's going to kill Howard. Right. Um, yeah, I I also, and you cannot just lock this guy in a closet for an hour or however long this basketball Basketball games are like a playoff basketball game is like three, three and a half hours. Okay. So you definitely can't do that. Right. Um, yeah. Uh, so like, so it makes perfect sense. Um, it is a shame. It is a shame about Arno. <laughs> well, yeah. I, I mean, Arno should have never hired those guys. No. Nope. But also, Sandler would have probably ne- like Ratner probably would have never made the bet were it not for those guys. You know mm, what I mean? It's an interesting thought. Maybe, maybe not. I think it's difficult to know, but I I don't feel. I, like- I think he. Well, I don't think there's much evidence that he wouldn't have because never in the movie, by the nature of the. By necessity, like, there's no point in the movie where he just settles a bet, where he just settles a debt, right. and that's the end. Yeah, I guess the, my feeling is, like, the pressure of people needing something, of, like, clamoring for something from mm-hmm. him. Kind of like, fuels him. Fuels him to think more and yeah. more creatively about how he's going to solve his problems, Right. But to your point, maybe, 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 maybe not. I I, th- I just think he's never satisfied. That's probably true. Um, oh, I do realize. So we still, we still have one main segment which we normally do, which is fix the movie. Although yeah. I don't really know. I don't have a lot of gripes. I don't have anything. I mean, I feel like the movie is so alive, and yeah, all of its messiness and all of like the the things that people say to one another that are. Um, difficult to understand or um, confusing or, yeah. you know, it's just like, that's part of it. That's part of the joy of the film. And so I, I don't have anything I would propose changing. The only thing I can think of is, uh, did you, did you pick up on a mispronunciation on the second viewing? Um, I remember having thought that the first time and I watched actually very intently the second time and did not notice anything. Hmm. Hmm. Right. So maybe we, we both thought the first time we saw it that he mispronounced a word at like a key scene and it sounds like you i don't even watched re- out for it the second time and i don't even remember what the word would have no been. neither do i I mean if i did i think i feel like i would just google it because right. someone probably on reddit or something would have mentioned it sure but, um but no i couldn't remember what it was um i think i even did google like adam sandler mispronunciation uncut gems or something you didn't get anything no okay. um so maybe we both imagined it, although wouldn't that be so weird wow. for us both to have imagined it? You and I are very similar. It's true. Our brains might work more more similarly than I'd like to admit. Right. Uh, <laughs> that's the only thing, but that's the only thing I could think of. Because is, let's be clear, Adam, your brain is trash. Well, it's more just the idea that like maybe I'm not that special. Oh, okay. Like we're, we're just <laughs> we're kind of the same person. Um, but uh, uh, yeah, I mean, I can't think of, there's no like, big uh gripes have the movie right i was i i wish i could remember what the word was because then i could just sort of make the funny point like yeah i wish i could fix adam sandler pronouncing this one word wrong right or another another small detail is as we talked about um a while back was that apparently like he says the wrong channel in one line of dialogue where he's like hey switch it back to espn but the game's actually on tnt yeah um yeah so nothing consequential right uh what did oh one thing I remembered that I did want to bring back up, um, you described Howard as a loser yeah. in the beginning. Yeah, I feel like um, 
this doesn't necessarily contradict uh, contradict your points, but I just I I sort of I guess I disagree that the movie presents him as a loser because to me, even some of the very examples you gave, I'm like he's running his own business. Yeah. You presented as like he's got this crummy little yeah. jewelry shop, but I'm like no, he's like a business owner. Yeah, his home is really nice. Yeah, the fact that his wife doesn't love him is. Like, because he's cheating on her and she right. knows it. Right. And, like, I mean, we don't know that his wife loved him before. Like, maybe she was never loving towards him and that's why he's having this affair. The movie right. doesn't really dive into that. Sure. Yeah. So, to me, it's not like, oh, his own wife doesn't love him. Like, he actually has this girlfriend who's yeah. crazy about him. Yeah. And is this young, very attractive woman yeah. who works for him. Yeah. So, to me... And 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 who lives in this really nice other apartment he's yeah. paying for? Right. So the to me, I'm like, I don't think he's a loser in the movie. I right. think I think he's actually, I think the movie shows you a lot of things that are going quite well for him. Right. Almost as if to sort of add to the mix, like this guy really should cut his lo- like he should yeah. quit while he's ahead because he's doing pretty well. Right. If he could just stop making crazy right. bets. Yeah, he's got a nice house. He's got a he's got a family who uh, they clearly don't really much care for him these days. But how much? Well, his son seems to still like him. Yeah, but like his daughter and wife don't like him. But I mean, he's like a bad husband. Right. <laughs> he's probably a bad father. That's why right. it's not right. like it's not because it's not like this this loser. It's like he's he doesn't show up to you know to plays and he is going out at night. Yeah, and he's cheating on his wife. Yeah. Um, and all that is because he's never satisfied. He's never, right. he's never willing to just stop. Right. Right. I feel like I'm, I'm sort of, when I think of the scene, um, after he's been thrown into the fountain mm-hmm. and he sort of stumbles back to his office and he's bleeding and he's lost his glasses and Julia, his girlfriend comes in mm-hmm. and she's like, I just wanted to see how you were doing. And he just breaks down. Yeah. And he's like, I don't no, know what to do. Uh, nothing I'm doing is going right. Yeah. Right. Like, can't figure it out. I got to figure it out. Right. Mm-hmm. And to me, like, that is him having a moment of, like, nothing's working. Right. Yeah. I mean, he seems he seems quite weak in that moment. Right. But. And, I, and to me, I feel like, yes, you're right. He does have material things. Right. But I feel like it's sort of like, but his father-in-law is very mad at him his brother-in-law is very mad at him his wife and daughter don't like him Mm -hmm. at all he's basically like and even like his girlfriend he feels like was cheating on him right and like his bets either like they get reversed or you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um or the opal like is way undervalued relative to what he believed it would be. Um, and so I feel like, yes, he's got all these things, but he's actually like, it's sort of, um, it's kind of a similar dynamic to what we were describing before. It's like, yes, he has all this stuff. Uh, but there's another world of like, there's a bunch of wins and there's another like world of losses, like intruding on the win. Mm-hmm. Right, that is sort of like m- render the wins pointless, right? And so that's sort of like my feeling is like all of these sort of more like relational, um, existential type 
uh, concerns. He see, he just seems to be failing at right, and yeah. that's sort of how I when I say he's a loser, I don't mean it in sort of the typical ways that we might use the word loser, like oh he has not he doesn't have anything or doesn't hasn't accomplished anything, right? But it's like in order to have the lifestyle he has, right, or um, have uh, the girlfriend that he has, he, he like he just always has to sacrifice something else. Yeah. To like get the thing that he wants. And then he finds himself like trying to have it all. Right. And it's like, no, the fundamental way that you are transacting in life requires that you, you lose something to gain something else. And you, and that's how he operates. He never fully understands the exchange he's making. Right. Well, I think we covered it already in the beginning, which is he's more driven by what he has to gain. Yeah. He's not so bothered. He's not worried about losing. That's right. So maybe that's really more what it is if you look at his state in life it's a reflection of that right yeah tons of things are going wrong for him mm-hmm. a lot of things are arguably going well mm-hmm. but um but what drives him is the things that he wants to get yeah and he's not concerned with the things he's gonna lose in getting them yep um so you know uh so i think that's what it, so i think it's sort of like you could call him a loser yeah it's just kind of depends on your the lens through yeah. which you're viewing his, yeah. his station. Uh, all right, so we talked for a while. We're at a we're at an hour and fifteen. Great. Yeah, great movie. So, uh, would you beam it up? I'd beam it up so hard. Yeah, that's the only we covered everything, right? We don't have anything left. We didn't do a rich man poor man. Oh well, do you have a rich man? Poor no, man we for we've it? already been talking about deleting that segment anyway. Yeah. Uh, yeah, let's beam it up. Okay. Definitely. Uncut gems. Enjoy, astronaut. You will feel tremendous anxiety in the cold bosom of space. Enjoy. Enjoy. All right. That's it. I'm Adam. I'm Dan. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.